0: Hello everyone, this is your always tactful host, Hendy And this is Paul, also known as EastX Twitch Dimensional Dragon, Dimensional Dragon, Dimensional Dragon, Dimensional Dragon
1: What are you muttering to yourself about over there? For the second time
0: this week. <laughs> I'm doing some practice to make sure I say the names right during this episode. Last episode, I called the dimensional dragon a dimension dinosaur, and I don't want to repeat that mistake.
1: That's good. Your mispronunciations were really dragging down the last episode. Uh. Have you been practicing the other names for tonight's show?
0: Yes. I'll run them by you first to see how I'm doing. All
1: right. Lay it on me.
0: Okay. Okay. First, we have Mal Dragora, Good. The Tiebreaker.
1: No, that's Worldbreaker or Worldmaker, depending on whom you're
0: talking about. Oh, uh, whoops. Okay, okay, okay. Next one is Flizzard, the Commandant of the Blaze Blizz Academy.
1: Perfect. No, wait, are you even trying? It's Flazard, Commander of the Blizz Blaze Legion. Please tell me you don't have more.
0: Uh, Anna Lucia the Luminescent? No. Dark Chocolate Chip. Stop, I'm on a diet negligent nether region who are you even Boris kitty you're just making stuff up uh maybe i should reevaluate how i say some of these names
1: while you're doing that i'll just welcome our audience to tactfully die a slime time podcast spinoff that covers just about everything in the world of dragon quest the adventure of die and the dragon quest tact mobile game
0: that's right we'll talk about the latest and greatest with dragon quest tact first
1: good it's a good day Again, to talk some tag.
0: I'll start off with the banner pool party our guild had for uh, Maldragora the Worldmaker. That was a lot of fun. You showed up and you met the boys and girls. We were glad to have you. Yeah, it was good to see most everyone uh, get him off their pools, too. I didn't get him then during the party, but I got him the next day from a ticket pool.
1: Better late than never. I got one copy from the paid pool, and I've since awakened him twice using mystery shards and rainbow medals. Hmm. I just need to pour some gems into further pulls so that I can get him to three hearts. Maybe then Senpai will notice me.
0: (laughs) Okay, next, it's time for Mindini's Hot Metal Swap Shop.
1: That's right. Also known as the Rank 8 Shop, it's a special shop the Japanese players got when they first got Rank 8. Frustratingly for us, the global version got the shop couple months later than expected.
0: Yeah, and to be honest, I'm just happy to have it now, at least. There are so many good things to get from the shop, including a ton of the rainbow crystals. I've enjoyed farming this out. The metal drop rate also seems to be like double the rate of the usual game in-game currency drop rates for this kind of stuff.
1: It's helpful, and not only that, but there's a campaign going on for three times the rewards for rank-up stages.
0: Yeah, and plus there's a two times the awards for story missions. So that includes the hard stages that drop the upper-level rank materials, like the much-needed Rainbow Crystals as well. You know, I, I think—or um, I have been dropping Stam on that particular stage every day— Especially. I usually do it anyways, but especially now, since it's two times the award.
1: Uh-huh. Me too. My luck hasn't been great on the hard stages since the campaign started, but still, I gotta keep trying, because every little bit helps.
0: That's true. I noticed our guild, uh, DQT Aces 1, is rank 5 in stamina right now. I'm, being, uh, I'm betting a lot of the big dogs are going hard farming for the shop.
1: It's probably the Rank Up Materials campaign first and the Shop second, but they're both great. I need to spend more stamina on those things, too,
0: but I've been busy. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? The big Drackey Squad ain't so big anymore at sixth place. What are you going to do now, Drackey Squad members who probably don't even listen to this podcast? That's right. I'm calling you out. Woo! Kick rocks, (laughs) Drackey Squad. (laughs) anyway now now uh to the arena how have you been doing in the arena i had fun with the a rank week i had two bad fights where i lost some people so i came up uh 259th overall uh i'm perfect so far this week and it's thursday so i'm kind of nervous because that means i only have two more days and if i can go perfect those last two days six more fights then i can get first place for the first time ever
1: wow well that is so far so good i'm glad to hear you're doing well Thank you. Yeah. For last week, I also came up 250 nights, So that's kind of cool. Oh, nice. Yeah. And any break from the norm in the arena is fine with me. So the A rank only week, that's a cool thing. I this week, I actually just lost a battle this morning. In other words, oh. yesterday, as far as the game goes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like I was doing the battle like um, on my ride to work. So not not driving, but I was doing the battle and I was in a hurry just to get it out of the way before I had to get to work. And unfortunately, it It didn't go well for me. That's frustrating because I felt like my team should have been able to win. But, you know, maybe I was a bit distracted. But anyway, I should be using maldragora more this week but i've been low on tomes for strengthening his attacks so let's hope a tomes campaign comes
0: along soon yeah that'll be nice i mean i guess when was the last time we had one was not not too 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 long ago but uh, as long as it's not weapons
1: (laughs) yeah and the other thing the last time we had one they were running a bunch of campaigns at once and that makes it really hard to farm anything efficiently you know so i wish they would just space them out somewhat regularly and give us a fair chance at, at farming
0: yeah, because I seem to do that in the beginning, and I like how it's just one thing right now, so I can concentrate on just going after a lot of those uh, rank-up three-times quests. It's great.
1: Yes, exactly. When when there's three or four things going at the same time, I always feel like I'm neglecting something. You know, I just feel, like, anxious about how I'm spending my stamina.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, last episode we talked about me joining uh, DQT, DQT Aces 1 Guild. Uh, August was my first uh, full month as a new member.
1: How's it been for you? Nobody's picking on you, are they? I told them to wait longer before picking on you.
0: <laughs> no, nah, it's been great. You know, as we mentioned before, I had fun with the Banner pulled Party. I think we placed like 13th or 14th overall in stamina, and we placed second in the Gold League gold league of the Guild Tournament.
1: Which is something, but we, we really should have done better in that tournament. But two months in a row, we, we keep having like one person or a couple people who decide to lone wolf their fights. And They end up losing a bunch and just kind of screwing it up for
0: the rest of us.
1: But we've brought in some fresh new bloods, so I'm hopeful that the next tournament will better reflect the awesomeness of our guild.
0: Yeah, I noticed that. And uh, one of the guys that's still in there, I'm not going to call him out uh, because we're doing the podcast, but there was like somebody last time that they they would battle really early and they lost like five or six fights. I was like, dude, what are you doing?
1: (laughs) Well, after that happened, I hit him on the head with a frying pan. (laughs) <laughs> so maybe he'll do better next
0: time. Let's <laughs> that's, that's hope. But yeah, we did. I saw that, um, that we've been, like, the guild has been in the Gold League and the Platinum League and one other league. So hopefully, yeah, we'll do even better this time. It'll be great. Oh, and I also noticed that, like, some people kind of switched around guilds and, uh, like, someone went down to to dqt uh, aces 2 to take over as a guild leader and stuff like that so that's cool
1: yes as a matter of fact we needed better leadership for aces 2 because the previous leader basically just wasn't spending any time with the game anymore and therefore not you know he couldn't help us with things we needed to do mm. and then aces 3's leader also wanted to retire we swapped in a new guy for him i mean for that and the the new guy was just he was crazy you know like he wasn't <laughs> very good he, mu- he must be young but he's also crazy so not a great combination there right right so anyway we got rid of him as quickly as we could maybe like a couple weeks, and finally we have a new guy who probably isn't going to be around enough, but still better than better than we had before that.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and, and three is a little a little bit more casual than the other two, so.
1: Yeah, and I, I like being able to move people back and forth between them. Like if somebody in three starts doing well, we can move them up, and if somebody's doing poorly in a higher guild, we can move them down instead of just you know throwing them out of an airlock.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean as we get more communication through the Discord and stuff like that, we can have that flexibility between the guilds, which is it's nice to see.
1: Right on. So it is a big hassle having more than one guild technically under the same umbrella, but it brings its benefits, and, you know, so far it's, it's working okay for us. Now then, before we get into the dive portion of the show, it's time for the tact tip of the day. Tip of the day! Did you know that you could save yourself a lot of grief with the daily experience quests and the metal enemies therein?
0: That's right, tacticians. Never worry about those crafty metal creatures eluding your grasp in that sweet, sweet experience. Use a skip ticket on that mi- on that mission.
1: Exactly? Just kidding, exactly. Yeah, the game gives you a fair amount of skip tickets every day, so just use them on the daily experience quest and then there's no strategy needed. No. Anyway, send in whomever you want to level up and let the
0: ticket do the rest. That's amazing. Just skip it. That was our tact tip of the day. Tip, tip of the, the day. day. Now let's get into some die. Every week, we're going to review two episodes
1: from the newest Dragon Quest, the Adventure of Die anime.
0: In the future, We will also do reviews of the manga, upcoming Dai console news, and maybe even a little bit about the merchandise as well.
1: And neither one of us plays the Adventure of Dai mobile game, so don't ask about it.
0: (laughs) No, we don't. Uh, First, we have Episode 15, The Terrifying Curse Field. Dai battles Flazard quite proficiently until Flazard pulls out some dirty tricks. What will they be? So
1: this episode starts with Dai being furious over Flazard's mistreatment of Leona. So he gives the fire and ice dude a good thrashing. Dai ends up slashing off one of Flazard's arms.
0: He is able to easily grow back that arm... Much to Pop's dismay, his shocked reaction was quite amusing, and I got a good laugh out of that one. It's it's interesting because it's a bigger reaction than in the original anime, where the reactions are usually typically more over the, the top than the new anime. For once, it's the opposite, which was interesting.
1: I laughed at Pop's surprise face, too. So, Flazard's next move is to let out a powerful Blizz Blaze shrapnel detonation that sends everyone flying.
0: And apparently, this was also a signal to have Flazard's minions start what he calls an infernal battle.
1: Those little jerks. They erect dark ice and dark flame spires, creating the Blizzblaze Curse Field. Which prevents everyone inside, except for him, from casting spells. And it reduces their strength to only one-fifth of what it was before.
0: Yeah, exactly. Except for Flazard, of course, the big cheater.
1: (laughs) Mom realizes how dire their predicament has become, and she tries to convince Dai to retreat with the
0: wounded. A smart decision, but Dai is too stubborn to go.
1: Yeah, he's kind of a typical Toriyama-style protagonist there. Mm -hmm. So Flazard overhears the suggestion to run, and then he ends up freezing Princess Leona in a block of ice in order to pressure Dai into staying.
0: Not to the death, though. He uses legendary forbidden magic to do so, the only way the ice will melt is if Flazard is killed.
1: Dai continues, refusing to retreat. Mom knows the smart decision is to go, so she smacks Die in the back of the head to knock him out. She also tosses a sizzle bullet at Flazard that blows up in his hand just as he tries to stop them from escaping. That's two arms Flazard has lost in one episode.
0: He is well-armed. Or should that be disarmed? No. Oh. <laughs> the battle may be a loss, but Mams, a real MVP here with their quick decision-making. They escape out of the field in the royal balloon but Flazard his army of dancing flames after them.
1: Yes then outside of the curse field the heroes are finally able to use their spells again but Flazard has sent too many dancing flames for them
0: to handle. The dancing flames damage the balloon forcing a crash landing.
1: Then the party's about to crash in the whirlpool when a mysterious man casts a spell that eradicates their pursuers allowing the heroes a safe landing beyond the whirlpool.
0: Who is this person? Well, it turns out to be Mam's uncle, of all people. We'll learn next episode who he is exactly beyond that. So what'd you think of this episode? I thought it was very exciting. Flazard is an entertaining villain with some very interesting skills, more of which are yet to be revealed. And uh, I like how Mam assesses the situation and wisely tries to get them out of there, even if it means knocking out Die in the process.
1: Yeah, Well, I hated it. Just kidding. So, yeah, (laughs) Flazard is a real jerk. You know, he's kind of a Yakuza style character. He's got the interesting accent and way of talking. And, you know, he's terrible, but also just fun to watch. So we love to hate him. And... There, there's a good fight between, you know, Dai puts up a good fight, Blazard's doing interesting, cool things, and the heroes are then forced to retreat, which is cool because we don't see that very often, you know? No. So, And then the episode finally ends with an intriguing new character whom we'll surely learn about in the next episode.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, and on a side note, something I noticed with the old anime is how amusing the episode titles can be sometimes. Like, as an example, the title for the episode about these events was... The fire and ice barrier. Ah! Leona becomes the ice girl. Very descriptive. And they even threw in the reaction, like literally wrote out, ah, in there.
1: <laughs> that doesn't impress me. I thought she was ice before they got attacked.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but uh, before we get into the next episode, it's also worth mentioning that in the new show, we unfortunately miss out on another interaction with a fake hero party. In the original anime, having heard of Flazard being in the area, they try to sneak away in these hilariously bad leaf and branches costumes, all the while the fake soldier hero still amusingly staying in character as Gomechan.
1: That sounds like fun. Mm. Well, the next episode is episode 16, The Grand Sorcerer Materive. In this episode, we learn the origins of Materive, and he helps our heroes prepare to save Princess Leona.
0: Yeah, this is where we find out Mam's uncle is Grand Sorcerer Materive, one of the people who worked with Yvonne to take down Handler back in the day.
1: That's quite a coincidence. He tries to give Mom a very perverted hello, asking for a puff puff, translated here as
0: motorboating. Yeah, I know. I mean, I guess that's accurate, but I wish they had translated it as Puff Puff. I know not everyone is familiar with Dragon Quest, but I think they went too descriptive with the translation here. I mean, it is a Dragon Quest show after all.
1: Yeah, and one of the things that's usually strong about this show is that they use the official translations for things. Mm. So this this certainly is a mistake. I mean, I assume they had like a list of enemy names and spells and items, but apparently not just little things like that. But Puff Puff is funnier and more suggestive, so shame on them. Let's all do our best to give and or receive a Puff Puff of our own in order to make up for this translatorial indiscretion.
0: You're here. And, and, you know, here's where they tone it way down from the original anime, and I'm assuming the manga. I haven't gotten that far in the manga yet. In the old anime, he straights up gets two handfuls of mom, uh, which actually turns out to be mostly Gomechan in her tunic, and some light uh, butt padding before he gets knocked on the head from man. It's
1: always nice to start your day with some light butt padding. What a smooth dude, though. Not By the way, I don't think he's an uncle by blood, so that's 20% less terrible right there. Anyway, after some convincing from Dai, Matari finally agrees to help the heroes save Princess Leona.
0: Yeah, he also decides to take on Pop as a student to toughen him up. It was very funny because uh, mom's like, hey, are you uh, are you going to take him on? Because you see like the potential in him? And he's like, no, 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 this guy is the worst. He's going to get killed out there. I'm going to take him on as a student so he doesn't die.
1: <laughs> I enjoyed that as well. You know, and he pointed out that Avon was too soft for a student like Pop. Yeah. And he's actually right, because Pop didn't grow that much under Oven from when we meet him at the beginning of the story. Mm-mm. Meanwhile, we learn that Hadlar has predicted that the heroes will try to take out the spires that are creating the curse field. So, Hadlar's bringing reinforcements to stop them.
0: Except for Baran's dragon army, Hadlar tells him to invade the Karl Kingdom using the excuse they are proving too tough to be put down at the moment.
1: The Karl Kingdom, what a name. Yeah. And this upsets Baran. But he goes along with it for now.
0: Yeah, Hadlar wants to take out died before Baran gets a chance to meet him. But why? We'll have to wait for that answer for now.
1: Yeah, and also this is the scene in which we learned that Hadlar actually created Flazard, you know? A lot of times a character like this, you might not even get an origin for them. So it was cool to learn that, yeah, Hadlar created him, and they have kind of a father-son thing going.
0: Yeah, yeah, because it's another case of using forbidden magic, and that's how he somehow created him in the past.
1: That's bad stuff. We then turn to Pop's torture, uh, I mean training, by Madarive.
0: We see that Dai is also doing some training of his own by fighting uh, with Bam blindfolded. Very Jedi of him.
1: Well. Back with Pop's training, Pop is being chided by Matari for his lack of progress. So Matri challenges Pop by forcing him to use Zoom all the way back to Pavnica, which he eventually does in somewhat comical fashion.
0: Shortly afterwards, we see that Flazard has deployed some high Hydras to deliver the message that Princess Leona will be drained by the ice of all her life force by sundown the next day, putting the pressure on Dai and his companions. I bet
1: you didn't know that the high Hydras also functioned as Bluetooth speakers. Right? <laughs> so Mott realizes that Blazard is banking on the heroes charging in the next day. So instead, he suggests the element of surprise, telling everyone to go in that very night.
0: Yep. And to get to the island, because the balloon's no longer an option, Uh, Matariv uses his magic to levitate a small fishing boat that he has, which can fit four party members inside to shoot across the water, and with a bonus fifth of Gomechan, since he snuck in there too.
1: Classic Gomechan. However, Matariv didn't take into account how the heroes would stop the boat.
0: (laughs) That was was pretty funny. But thankfully, Dai is able to uh, cast a whoosh spell that slows them down, but just barely as they still crash land into the island.
1: So the team splits into two groups, each carrying a bomb that was made by Baddock from materials provided by Matarif.
0: Pop and Mam take the Ice Spire, while Gomichan, Dai, and Batik take the Flame Spire.
1: As the episode ends, we see that multiple Dark Army forces lie in wait for our party of heroes. We even How- see an Archdemon fly overhead.
0: Oh, that's right. You see that, like, really quick, like, right above right above them. But how will they survive? We'll find out next episode. Another episode? Another fake hero scene lost. True, true, true. This time we see the fake heroes have set up a circus tent, and they're putting on a, uh, well, they're attempting to put on a magic show.
1: This would be in the classic show, of course. Yeah. And during that time, as Monterey is trying to zoom with Pop to the place where they're going to train, he and Pop end up accidentally crashing the show before they zoom off again.
0: Yeah, and then we also have this scene... Where the monster some monsters invade the town where the fake heroes are at, and you know, kind of they think they've heard about them thinking, oh, this this must be the real heroes, but no, it's the fake hero party.
1: Yeah. So then the fakies grovel before the monsters, confessing that they're fake. And the monsters end off flying off to Flazard, but not before the townspeople gang up on the fake heroes and beat them up for tricking them.
0: Uh these two episodes of the new anime cover a large portion of episode 28 through most of episode 31 of the old anime.
1: What did you think of this episode? I liked it and I definitely was excited to see what comes
0: next. Yeah, it was a fun training episode. I think Pop goes through a lot of character growth during this time too, through the tough love and advice that Monrative gives him. I look forward to it paying off later.
1: Yeah, definitely. Of course, Pop famously started out as a very flawed character, and it's really nice to see these moments when he's truly learning and growing and doing better than he would have done before.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's good to see. He's got a lot of he's got a lot of character growth in the show. And it's fun. But uh, before we end this episode, we do have a few announcements.
1: Yes, we do. The first one concerns the Tokyo Game Show that will run from September. September 15th through 18th, and the lineup announced by Square Enix. The lineup of games.
0: Yep, and guess what game will be in that lineup? Infinity Strash, Dragon Quest, The Adventure of Die.
1: Oh, what a terrible title that is. But (laughs) this is the Die console game that's been going through a very long development process.
0: Indeed, it has. It was originally slated as a 2021 release, but delays from COVID—at least I'm assuming so—because you know it was being developed right in the middle of all that. And a recent retooling have pushed it back a lot.
1: Yeah, and you know, action RPGs like this, they they take a lot of time to to really get right, you know, yeah. so I don't mind so much the delay. But mm-hmm. the last time the game was shown, they had a demo where Dive fights Crocodine in Papanika Castle. And yeah, it looked pretty cool, I thought.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to the game. It'll be interesting to see what they show at TGS since they decided it needed more work. I'm hoping maybe they also announce what consoles it will be on, maybe a release date, including one for the West. Though I might be getting my hopes up too much with that last part.
1: Yeah, I mean, like two-thirds of the time when they announce a, a Dragon Quest game and it you know goes through the development process, they end up disappointing the Western audiences. You know, we randomly get them or don't get them, which is a, a real shame. But I think this one has a pretty good chance of getting brought over, considering that the anime is popular enough to get fully translated, the mangas are getting translated, and there's the mobile game too. So, yes. I mean, Still clearly going. there's some audience for Die over here, and hopefully Square Enix will acknowledge that and bring the game. Yeah. The lineup at the game show will also include the Die mobile game that I just mentioned and the Japanese-only Die arcade game.
0: Yeah, and other Dragon Quest games, such as DQ10 Online... The offline game and the upcoming Treasures game.
1: Boy, I wish Treasures wasn't a Nintendo Switch exclusive. It'd be nice to see it with better graphics on PlayStation or whatever. Mm. But don't forget about the other big game of the show. Power oh, well, Wash Simulator. Game of oh, the Year 2022 right there, baby. Oh,
0: you you, you got it, definitely. <laughs> but joking aside, any other titles that you're looking forward to? Um, I'm also excited to see what they show for uh, Tactics Ogre Reborn and Final Fa- Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis, which hopefully has a combat system kind of more similar to the original. I'm not sure, but you know, I saw the one trailer that they did for it before, and they might. Uh, but it's weird because it's going to have like, a gotcha element to it as well. So I don't know. I need to see more about the game before I can make any kind of judgment about it.
1: Yeah, the presence of gotcha stuff is worrisome because, you know, gotcha games just kind of naturally reach for our wallets. Over time, you know, it's like they don't want you to just make a purchase once. They want you to just keep on making purchases every couple of weeks or every month, and they all they take so much time. So like you can only play one or two gotcha games at a time. I I play a couple myself, and I really don't have room in my life for another one.
0: Yeah, Why? I'm hoping it's I'm I'm hoping it's going to be more like some other uh, RPGs that have gotcha elements that I've seen in the past, where it's not like tact where it's like all about like collecting everything to advance everywhere. It's just like you play the story. And it has gotcha elements where you can get some advanced, like, weapons and armor and stuff like that, but you don't necessarily need it to, like, beat the meat of the game. And it's going to be interesting, too, because not only does it go over Final Fantasy VII stuff, but they're also going to include all the other stories from all the other spin-off games and kind of put it all into one game. So it'll be interesting to see how they pull it off.
1: Yeah, that's certainly a promising concept. And mm. yeah, hopefully it won't be too predatory. And I am glad to see Tactics over coming back. It's always nice to see a franchise get brought back or continue to go on like that. As for me, my ga- my most anticipated game of the year from a Japanese developer actually just came out a couple of weeks ago. And that would be mm. Earth Defense Force Six, which is currently exclusive to PlayStation 4 and 5. Mm. But that came in. Out in Japan, it's the sixth game in the series, and there's also several spin-offs. They usually get brought to, uh, you know, to English markets. Mm-hmm. This one hasn't been announced for English markets yet. So I imported the game. I made an English menu translation guide at Cooptimus. So anybody else who wants to play it early by getting the Japanese game, they can do so with like relatively minimal language barrier.
0: Oh, that's cool. But- that's uh, that's like a really Nice thing you did for the community doing that.
1: <laughs> nice of you to say so. Yeah, you know, I mean, it helps me too cuz it's not like I can just like read everything really quickly, you know, I can read some things and other things I have to get help for. So by making the guide, I can then easily refer to it in the future. I can show it to other people who wouldn't be able to read Japanese on their own. But but yeah, like um I got my start in the games industry by writing strategy guides for games you know like way back in 2003 as a matter of fact
0: i didn't know that yeah
1: so it's nice to dip my toes back in every now and then because you know for a long time that's all i did and it was like mostly for free you know but now i you know i write about games and get paid a little bit for it here and there in
0: addition to my main career but that's awesome what was the first game you ever did a guide for oh that's a good question
1: yeah i think it was um, Bomberman, it was either Bomberman Land 2 or Bomberman Jetters for GameCube. I think it was Bomberman Land 2, which, by the way, is a huge game with so much friggin' text and like so much <laughs> to figure out. Uh-huh. And so that was a massive undertaking that I worked on for like a year or two. And back then, I was also a Japanese language student. So like... Oh. You know, there's a lot of stuff I couldn't read because of kanji, but I would go yeah. to these language meetups and I, you know, and I have my teacher and I would sometimes just ask them to translate little things for me. And that really that helped me out. Nowadays, you know, the Internet is so much more ubiquitous. So it's it's a lot easier to, like, find a Japanese person to help you if you've met them at some point. But, you know, th- that was a good experience and I've always enjoyed it.
0: Nice. So are, is, would we find your guides like on facts for example? Like what was the uh, <laughs> name that you would go by when you wrote these guides?
1: Yeah, as a matter of fact, most of them are available on GameFAQs or GameFAQs.com, mm-hmm. and uh, they're just written as uh, Eastex or EastFAQs, I guess. You know, because gotcha. those are my names. Mm-hmm. But um, but this newest guide for Earth for Defense Force 6, just using my regular name at
0: CoOptimus. You know. Okay, cool, cool. That's awesome. So uh, the other announcement that we have for this episode is next week we will be recording our first manga episode. We'll be doing a roundtable discussion with a couple of guests.
1: Yeah. And after our practice run, also known as the time that you forgot to record the podcast, we decided to change up the format a little on this one.
0: Yeah, we will uh, cover the first book of the manga, but only half of the book to start out with. These books are very dense, so we'll only do half of a book per episode. So barring any unforeseen... no, 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 no. You said that right
1: before the last time we attempted to record a manga episode, and you don't get to curse us anymore.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. I will leave it there then.
1: That's all for this episode of Slime Time Tactfully Die. If you want to prepare for the next episode, be sure to watch episodes 17 and 18 of The Adventure of Die
0: on Crunchyroll. We don't use Patreon. If you do have any money that is just completely infinity-strashing in your wallet, pouch, bottomless bag, treasure chest, pot, barrel, safe, or even searchable wall sack, and you would like to donate anything to a website that's been supporting Dragon Quest fans for over 20 years, stop by the Dragon's Den at www.wudis.com den and click on support this site. Woodis has owned and maintained the Dragon's Den DQ fan site for decades. He personally edits every YouTube version of our podcast, and he fully appreciates any donations to help keep the servers running.
1: The Dragon's Den website also features an Amazon affiliate link. If you click the link and then make a purchase, a small fraction of the sale will go to support the den. doesn't cost you anything, and you'll earn 10 real-life experience points
0: with every purchase. Nice. We even have a Slime Time t-shirt you can buy by our resident artist, Dwayne. See the link for it in the show notes. And as part of the Slime Time extended universe, or stew. You can direct comments or questions for the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at DQ Slime Time.
1: Plus, you can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash eastxtwitch. Come watch me play a variety of games every Saturday night, kids. Getting back to Dragon Quest. Consider joining in tons of Dragon Quest discussions at the Dragon's Den forums. Forums that have been around a really long time, trust me. <laughs> find it from find those forums from the main Dragon's Den page or at woodis.com/forums. You can also find us and other rabid Dragon Quest fans through the dragon questers and dragon quest tact global facebook groups we'd love to see you there
0: or come hang out with us and tons of other hardcore dragon quest fans on the officially unofficial dragon's den discord server
1: we'd like to thank everyone that made this episode possible including you Pendy, woodus the dragon's den and mike Fahi, former kotaku writer may he rest in peace
0: yeah i read, I read about him r.i.p to that to that guy Sad thing Yeah. And a special thanks to Platy for helping me out with our rotating podcast logo.
1: And for having such a lovely duck bill. (laughs) Please like, subscribe, and write a review for the podcast.
0: For more Dragon Quest Slime Time, check out our library of episodes on Dragon's Den, Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Audible, YouTube, and more. We'll catch you later, everybody. Remember, don't hate, appreciate. Time to zoom on out of here.